hey, how many times have we started this? You don't need to know. This is the fourth time. <laughs> Welcome back to the Independent and Unstable podcast starring Julian Lacey. Hi. This podcast might get a little hairy because Julie just drank a bang and I popped a pamperin. So it's going to get weird. We are hoping for the best, but we don't know what's going to happen. Julie. How was your holiday weekend? Um, I ate lots of food. I'm still eating lots of food. Same, yeah. Um, all the leftovers are in my kitchen and in my belly. <laughs> I, um, I have had a serious relationship with corn souffle the past four days. Dude, corn pudding, fucking. That's what poor people call it. They don't call it souffle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We call it corn pudding. Oh, got it. Casserole. Got it. We're not well, fancy like that. Listen, but it fucking slaps. Oh my god, listen. I need to tell y'all about what happened my freaking Friday because one of the parts involves the corn souffle and my mother was ashamed. So Friday night, I went to the bar with my parents and my brother because that's family bonding for us, okay? My brother is living with us again, so the podcast room slash spare room is a little disarray right now. Bradley, if you're listening or watching this, (laughs) get your shit together, sir. (laughs) I had to step over dirty socks that I'm not touching because I don't know what you've been doing in your socks. Disgusting. Yeah, I my job was to charge things and then light a candle so it didn't, didn't smell like boy. boy. It does. It def- and we had to make your bed, Brad. Bradley. Bradley, you're 31. Get your shit together. Make your damn bread, Brad. Anyway, so we went to the bar with one of my friends kelsey because she's in she lives in nashville and uh it's kind of tradition now that she goes to this one it's a biker bar it's hole in the wall absolute trash but it's so flipping fun because we just drink with my parents they have pretty good food pretty good bar food and so we go there we're drinking we're having a good time we may or may not have hit a pin from my brother and so we are feeling great, okay? I am feeling fantastic. I am having some crown and sprites. We are just vibing, okay? We play some pool. Apparently, I'm a pool shark. I don't know if you knew this. I'd be good at pool now, apparently. And everything's good. And I decide once I get to an apex of drunk that my mother needs to see some artifacts that I have saved in my phone under an album called Please Mom Don't Look because an experience happened to Lacey a long time ago that we need to discuss. But I showed my mother the big dick boy dick pics. Lacey, that was a good choice. That was a good choice. Jewel. I was in charge of figuring all the sound stuff out and I failed miserably. That's why we recorded off of one microphone for the last three weeks. I was trying to figure out how to record off two microphones and I had to ask Lacey so many times that my husband now knows when the mic is muted and not muted and I still don't fucking know. But it's okay. But yes, so a while ago, I ended up coming into contact with a couple different men that had massive penises. The like, biggest dick boys. The biggest of dick boys. Like when I tell you, like it's not like... They were nine and a half inches and ten and a half inch long penises, and the girth was my wrist. And I have thick girl wrists, okay? This is just for the audio. They had toddler arms, not even baby arms. They were toddler arms. Oh, my God. So I thought my mom... I showed my father 
a saved dick pic. Like that's how close and dysfunctional my family is, is we were, I was just casually showing my family dick pics that I have received because we got into a hot topic about dick pics. Me and Kelsey were talking about how we don't like receiving them. And Brad's like, well, my success rate is pretty freaking high for oh, dick pics. Oh, shut, pic. Brad, shut up. <laughs> and, um, so basically let me briefly explain to you and we'll refresh with you. Um, let me take you back to August I wish we could show the dick pics. 2017, I think. I wish we could show them. Because August, yeah, I think it was 2017 because I was still in college, I believe. It's been a while ago. It was a while ago. So basically, I was in my room with my friend Kelsey, uh, ironically, and this guy matched with me on Tinder. And he was very cute. Okay, we'll give him the name John just because he's probably okay with it because he loves showing his dick, but like, I haven't asked, so you know. And, um... I mess, we message and good sense of humor off the bat, cute. So he's like, I have a question for you that's a little more awkward. And I was like, all right, shoot. And he's like, are you a size queen? And I didn't know what that was. I was about, we had to Urban Dictionary because at first me and Kelsey were afraid it was like men who had a kink for like feeding women because I'm a little thick and I was about to like kill myself. <laughs> Fuck that, yeah, I mean, true. Um, so we urban dictionary it as one does. And it's basically women who have a like who prefer larger penises. And at this point, I was a stone cold verge. So I was petrified of any penis, let alone one that is large. But I'm honestly here for the memes. Okay. So I cannot. The size of the dicks on those boys. <sighs> It should be illegal. Yeah. So he's like, explain. He's like, you know, I bring this up. He's like, not to be a douchebag. He's like, I just, it's genuinely been a problem in the past. And so he's like, you know, would you like to see? And honestly, at this point for science and Kelsey's egging me on, I'm like, my friend's with me. Is that okay? He's like, yeah, I don't care. And I was like, okay. So he adds me on snap and he sends me these pictures. And when I tell you that I was literally a changed woman after this. Like, Kelsey, who was not a verge, because, like, I, I was a verge, but I had seen penises, like, obviously. Like, I wasn't, you know, I was still in my early 20s. Well, you cause, can't go your life without seeing a penis. It's physically impossible. Yeah, because... Mo- send them to you. Oh, yeah. Not, Been getting unsolicited dicky-picky since I was 14. Ridiculous. Eh. So... Together, man. <laughs> and so he sends, like, a catalog like it wasn't just like one like real quick no like this man you gave you a full 360. yeah because like it wasn't just like here is my dick it was here's my dick compared to a pringles can here's my dick compared to a gillette fusion shaving cream can here's my dick compared to a toilet bowl roll and then all toilet bowl roll that ain't a word but yeah anyway toilet roll thing and then toilet paper roll is what thank you and then let me put a measuring tape around it so you know the circumference he did it was like something out of grandma's sewing kit i know and i was like and my first response without a bat like i was like bro you're gonna have to date a horse like that's not going in any holes and he's like well this is like why i bring it up because like it has been a genuine problem the The only man to find a respectable reason to bring up besides his penis and like consent like was like can i show you my penis and i'm like honestly at this point respectable and it really sucks that he is just packing because that man was so cool and so funny and like i think because he didn't have to compensate for anything like he knew he had a massive penis and you might be like okay lacy well like why do you think you're special i'll tell you why because then like six months later i match with another gentleman we'll call this guy gary Gary, same kind of situation. Tall, cute. This one was Australian, so he had an accent. I remember Gary. Yes. And almost the exact conversation happens again. We're like, we've talked on the Tinder app for a little bit. And then he's like, hey, 
I got to bring something up. I kind of have an extra large, like a very large dick and it's been a problem. And I was like, are you shitting my dick right now? And he's like, what? I'm like, I literally have had this exact conversation with a man six months prior in the same 45 mile radius. And he's like, no freaking way. So then he adds me on snap. And I was with Julie when this guy sent photos and videos. You were? Yep. Remember? Because. The guy in the blue jeans. Yes. Yes. I and can't forget about him. No. You and forgot sweet potato dick in the middle of that. That is true. Well, he didn't, he, he was, he didn't have size, but he had an awkward girth. It was large still, nonetheless, but he was a dick also. So that's why he, it looked like a sweet potato. So sweet potato dick guy, if you're out there, you need to look into some reconstructive surgery. Well, like he was just an asshole because like he sent the dick pic through text, like a sociopath. Exactly. (laughs) And then, yeah. And when he sent it, like, I was like, Hey bud, that's not going in me because it's large and then he was an asshole like the other guys were like totally understandable but he was a jerk so that's why he didn't get a cameo so anyway sweet potato fuck you but back to gary so gary indiana was like let me send you and again men with big dicks they will send you a whole on like portfolio so like i get pictures but then i also get videos and me and julie (laughs) are watching the video your husband with a normal size penis but like i had someone else had to see it because like i opened the first picture and i was like no, if, I got, if i ever received penises of that size in my inbox i would have to like call at least 10 people like you need to see these. i tell everyone this story because it's absolutely asinine and so the funniest part of this though is that then after talking to gary I still have John in my Snapchat and like we had snapped occasionally. So I message him and I'm like, bro, you're not gonna believe this. I found another dick that might top yours. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like I have a massive schlong, even porn. I haven't seen dicks a lot bigger than mine. So a respectable flex. Yeah. And so with Gary, he was like, I didn't know that I was talking to a big dick connoisseur. I just want to still point out, I'm a virgin at this point. I want y'all to understand that I was a virgin dealing with massive penises like I was a dick professional. Because this man asked me to guess his measurements, and I fucking guessed them correctly. Because of seeing John's penis. Like, I was like, I think you've got more length than him, so I'm going to say ten and a half. And then you look a little skinnier, though, so I'm going to say, like, five and a half, six inches. We're going to get there. So, anyway, I tell Gary about John, and then I tell John about Gary. And they are both in my inbox, like, hold on. Like, as a respect, like, these bro, I hope they're best friends now. And they're like, I've never met someone with a bigger dick and like vice versa for both of them. So to find out who had the most dick, we did the fucking area and volume of penis. We were doing mathematical equations to find out who had more penis. Fun fact, it's John. Because even though his was shorter, the girth is what got him. The girth is where you get extra points. But like, I just... It was insane. And then it was so funny because John then talked to me and he's like, do you understand that me and this Gary guy's dicks are like very, very rare? Like it's like less than 3%, like might even be less than 2%. He's like, and you have managed to find, I found four total, might I add. There was another guy. He sent a couple snaps. I got sick. I got scared. He didn't have the personality to back. So I was like, I have to leave. Like my vagina puckered. And 
but like how do I have a radar for just giant penises and it was even funnier when I was still a virgin because it's like I because like when you're 16 and you're getting ready to have sex for the first time you don't think about the logistics you're just a 16 year old who wants to have sex you know but when I was older as a virgin I was like terrified because I'm like this shit actually does hurt and like I'm not prepared for that I want somebody with a very average to below average penis please and thank you micro penises if you're out there there's still a chance no i already got we're already good now we're good oh yeah any any guy who's out there listening to this now frightened just know that i am like most females are still completely okay with like five to six still the average totally okay like that is fine don't listen to the people who are like, big dicks, I want to... No. If your penis is the size of the dildos they sell in the back of the sex store, sorry, no one's going to have sex with you. Yeah. Like, I don't know how Gary and John... Like, I don't know how they do it. I honestly, like, I don't know how they live their life. John had to sit... I was like, dude, I have to see this thing soft. He's seven and a half inches soft. Yep. That's bigger than the average size penis. He's like, I'm bigger soft than most men hard. I'm like find a being a sh- like a grower at that point is just insane to me because you already have so much going on yeah but could you imagine if it was like four soft so you're like okay manageable and then he gets hard and it turns into nine and a half and you're like ah! I think that's physically impossible but that would be terrifying oh my god but yeah like it's yeah, literally still one of the craziest stories that i have to date because like i just can't fathom it and honestly like i asked permission and i was like can i keep your dick <laughs> Because, like, it's such an insane story. I feel like I have to have them to back it. Because I feel like if I told people, they wouldn't believe me. I just can't wait for the day when you run out of storage on your phone and you have to make the hard decision to have to delete the Mom Please Don't Look album with all the with all the big dick boys in it. I also love that we've just made a club for them. And they don't even know. Like, the big dick boys. Literally, we have a little podcast points thing. And it's literally just, like, to make sure we get, talk about what we want to talk about. And one of them is literally just drunk with mom, big dick boys. Big dick boys. Because I knew exactly what I needed from that. <laughs> Because it's literally still one of the most insane stories. And, like, it's honestly hilarious, too. Because, like, I had these two guys messaging me, like, respectfully trying to figure out who had the bigger dick. Right. A gentleman's conversation. Yeah. Like, that's a thing, too, is, like, guys with bigger dicks. I don't know if it's a thing. Like, but I guess since they don't have to compensate for anything. Rules, you're just nicer people. Yeah. I feel like you're either going to be super nice about it. Or. Like, John and Gary. Or you're going to be super cocky about it. Like, sweet like potato. Sweet potato. Yeah. The other guy was neither. He just, like, didn't have a personality. Lacey sent me the picture of Sweet Potato Guy's dick through Snapchat. Yeah, because he sent me a hard copy. You psychopath. She sent it to me, and I was like, why the fuck are you sending me pictures of Sweet Potatoes? Like, I didn't even realize it was a penis. (laughs) It looked like a Sweet Potato. It was insane. And mind you, it was so funny because while the Gary guy was sending... Because he was, like, giving us all the angles. He sent videos, too. Like, he sent... It was a lot. And... I remember like a couple different times Julie was just looking at me like I'm married and I was like yeah but you're the only person here so you have to deal with this I'm sorry for your husband but like your husband's Listen, super my cool my husband was also equally as impressed when we told him the size and girth of Pringles I showed my brother Pringles can and my brother was like Jesus Christ Dude. because when I'm telling you a blessing and a curse I'm telling you because like i call him pringles can for the most part because one of the pictures of the you know size comparison was he put a pringles can behind and you can hardly see the pringles can all i can think about is how that thing was going around it was on twitter but guys were taking the short pringles can and putting like so you take a pringles can mm-hmm. short the short pringles can you yeah rubber glove 
and two dish sponges. You put the dish sponges inside the Pringles can, then put the glove between the sponges and the Pringles can, wrap it over the top, and you have a makeshift pocket pussy. Mm. And all I can think about is the fact that he would have to have six sponges (laughs) and a long-ass dish glove to be able to make a pocket pussy out of a full-size Pringles can. It's insane. Like, honestly, he needs to be, like, in the Nat Geo. They're going to make a statue of him one day. In his honor. Like, you know how a lot of the, like, Greek ones have, like, those little tiny pinchers? His would be, like, hitting children in the face. Hold on. Quick segue to our one podcast where we talk to my brother about, you know, there comes that time where a man, like, a boy takes a shower with his dad. Could you imagine that in your face? Seven and a half inches. If he spins around too fast. from his dad? Oh, my God. Just a six-year-old with a massive schlong. Touch base with him again? I'll talk to him in like five years. Be like, hey, do you have kids yet? Just no. I just want to know. Like, when did you know your dick was? Listen, I could message him right now, and he would answer because, like, he's so cool about it. Like, I literally always set up a Zoom call with this guy. I'm being serious. No, I'm being so serious. A documentary? No, 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 no. I want. Can we set up a Zoom call with this man for next week? He probably would. Okay, it's just sometimes he literally does not get back to me in like six weeks. Well, then we need to message him and we can follow back on this because I just I have questions. OK, I want to know when he realized that his dick was enormous. Yeah. Like, was he in the locker room and everyone was just like, right. oh, my God. Or was it like, when did you notice that your dick was bigger than your dad's? Because I'm assuming that and it's like you all have elephant trunks. Yeah. I don't know. But, like, could you imagine, though, taking a shower with your dad who has a seven and a half inch soft penis and he whips around and just poo, and then you're knocked out in the shower? You got a black eye and you have to go to school and explain that you, your dad didn't hit you with his fists. He hit you with his dick. He hit you with his ding dong. <laughs> can also point out that every single podcast episode, including our introduction podcast, we've talked about penises. Listen, it's a hot topic. Penises are gross. They are. There's some that you get pictures of and they're like nice because at least they're like well kept. They're clean and they don't have anything. But I have gotten, I'm sorry, men, but I have gotten a dick pic or two before where I'm like, that thing looks like it goes on an alien. It looks like they're finding a cure for it. Yeah. Disease. <laughs> <laughs> like I have gotten some that are like bumpy and I'm like, not, and not in a bumpy way of like disease bumpy, like just in a lumpy. like, that's the way they're it lumpy. is. And I was like, Ooh, the discoloration oh that's really. yeah because it's been a while since i received like an uns i'm it's not been a while since i received an unsolicited dick pic it's been a while since i received an unsolicited dick pic that i haven't been having sex with for the past eight years yeah because i am married and yeah after you get married they'll still send you dick pics hey I feel like at that point, he, it's not... he doesn't send hard copies. He sends it through Snapchat like a normal person. I know. Like, and hard copy, and he had an Android. <laughs> Green comments. It might have actually been a sweet potato. <laughs> it was pixelated. <laughs> Looked like it was taken on a Nokia. <laughs> yeah. But literally, like, it's insane to me. Because, like, that's my thing. Is like, I've always had a stance on, like, when it comes to... Uh, like sexting and stuff like as an adult who's 25 now when men want to sext and we're both in our mid to late 20s I'm like what the fuck are we doing like when I think of like sending nudes I think of doing it as like we are already in a relationship and I want to do it to fuck with you like I know you're at work or something so I'm gonna send you my tits straight up when they when the shutdown happened and I was off work for two months and Caleb got to go to I just doxed my husband oh well people now yeah 
Caleb got to go to work and I cried every day because Caleb got to go to work and like see people and the only person I got to see was Lacey. <laughs> because anyway. But like he would be at work and I'd be like, okay, well I'm bored, so let me take some hot ass pictures of myself because I was doing my makeup every fucking day to keep myself occupied. And I looked hot, okay? She did. She I was, was fucking hot. And I would send them to him and he would call me on his lunch break and be like, Will you fucking quit? <laughs> I'm hard as fuck at work. <laughs> I rock hard right now. It's hard out here, but not like that. <laughs> I'm rock hard at work. Can you please quit? I'm sure somewhere someone's going to get offended by us wanting to use nudes to fuck with people. I mean, I would never like if my husband or like boyfriend was like, hey, I don't like it, then I wouldn't like I wouldn't want to make sure that it was consensual because men. It's a control. Day. Yeah, because men can men can receive unsolicited unsolicited nudes as well. Like I it's very. I have, and it was our one friend about the one girl who's upset. Yeah, because that, he only did that because he doesn't think that she's attractive. Well, but still. It would have been a person he thought was attractive, sending him unsolicited tit pics. No, no problem. No chance. But like I said, there is still, they they can still receive an unsolicited or unwarranted. But yes. But what I'm getting at is like, I would want to be in a place with my partner where like, I'd be like, Hey, I'm gonna send you my titties and then send them and then be like, Oh my God, I'm at work. Or like, I'm with my mom. And I'd be like, "Eh." I don't know if it's just because I've been with this, like Kayla and I've been together for eight years. Eight years? Something like that. It'll be eight next October. Yeah. (laughs) Whoops. But I don't know. It just, it goes from being like, oh my god, that's so hot, to being like, there for a while, it was like, mm, this is weird, mm-hmm. even though we're married. Yeah. You see my tits all the time. Because you sleep naked. Right. And now, like, if you say, if I say something even remotely that can be taken as sexual, it's uh-huh. over the top. Oh yeah, those are. <laughs> like, you're disgusting. Yeah. You're feral. You are 25. <laughs> Why are you so feral? For real, like you can have you can have it whenever you want it, and you still act like you never get it. Well, I think there's um, I think there's that thing that shows that like men's sexual peak of when they're like the most horny is like they're like, to yeah, and then women's is 30, like, 40. yeah, yeah. So and that's why I told him the other day. I said literally, <laughs> I read the article about the sexual peaks, and it's not even like sexual peaks. It's just when you like have the most sexual urges, which is crazy to think that it's not when you're like. Young, young, yeah. Like 20. Yeah. But especially for boys. Anyway. And he just says some of the most offhand shit about <laughs> having sex. Like, it's like I'm going to go to war. Like, he's going to go to war and we're never going to see each other again. Yeah. And I'll be like, like, I, the other day I was like, I didn't think this happened until men were like 30. And then I read the article and it said 20, it was like 25 to 30. And I was like, I got five more years of this. Well, mine doesn't start for another five, so. <laughs> you know, that's a real shitty thing for the, you know, universe to do. How do we get to mature first? We have to mature first. Yeah. Everything's our fault. Matures first. Everything's our fault. We have to have a period. Yep. And then we don't get to hit our sexual peak until we're 30 to 40s and that make, we're cougars. Yeah. Who was it that didn't know what a MILF was the other day? Shoot. Who it was? was Kaylee. Oh, yeah, no, Caleb's aunt. Caleb's aunt's in town from Utah. We love her. She's fantastic. We were going through the comment below game. Mm -hmm. It's like the Cards Against Humanity game, but like the Facebook pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Caleb pulled one out to like show her, and it said something about these hot ass MILFs. And she goes, What's a MILF? 
And I looked at her, and I was like, I thought she was kidding because Grandma was sitting on the couch. Yeah, so you know. So, you know, you're like, what is that? Yeah. Like, I don't know what that is. But she was not. She did not know what a milk was. And I told her, I was like, it's mom's, I'd like to fuck. And she's like, am I a milf? <laughs> I don't know, I'm married (laughs) to your nephew. (laughs) Did you see the comment that I put in our group chat with our one friend? Because I thought it was so funny because he was like, I just want you to be around. Yeah, okay. So, (laughs) Boston. Yeah. I'll dox him. It's nothing bad. No. But I do this thing, and I I only do it because I know it makes him uncomfortable. It's so funny. Yes, it's so funny. If I did it to any of Caleb's other friends, they'd just look at me like I was stupid. No. So, we have a group chat with our friend Bustin, and Julie had sent a Snapchat, and he was getting, um, anytime he gets, like, sentimental, because we've been friends for a long time, especially Julie and Bustin, and, um, so he said something like, I just want Julie to be around for a while, you know, you feel, and I just literally, without question, because I knew he would get awkward, I just sent, Bustin, Julie is married. <laughs> every time Bustin says something like that, like, he'll be like, I love you, man, I just want you to know that, like, I'm not a sentimental person, so when someone tries to be sentimental with me, I'm just like... <laughs> I'm gonna fuck with him. So he'll say stuff, and I'll be like, "Listen, I'm married." <laughs> and then he's like, like, "You, he uh, like, you, you know what I meant? You know that?" <laughs> and it's like, so I funny. Know, it's funny because every time I say it, you have the same reaction. It's either he gets really defensive about it, or he goes, "Okay." Yeah. And his busted-isms. Yeah. All right. I think here is a good place to take a break because I want to make sure that I'm not heavy breathing like Darth Vader because I need to blow my nose. So we're gonna take a quick break, and then we'll come back. And we will talk about some other topics. So, BRB. So, we have officially taken a nice little break. I had to pee and blow my nostrils because fucking Ohio allergies. Anyway. It's just Ohio. No, you're allergic to Ohio. It's not the allergies. It's you, just the state. Ohio. It's just, it's just the way. It's my parents just, live in Ohio. I live in the moment. I live in the moment. It do be like that in Ohio. So, we are going to... <laughs> Take a quite dramatic segue. Dude, we did not plan this out the right way when we said we wanted to talk about stuff because we're trying to add a little bit more structure into the podcast just because we have a tendency to ramble if we do not have some kind of structure. And that's like what I was talking about with a lot of the first episodes being trial and error. And I think that's how anybody's podcast is. Um, Also, we haven't talked about it. We have two microphones now. What's poppin'? We have two mics. Julie literally... I made a $1,700 investment just so we could have two I mean, to be fair, I think everyone needs a MacBook because they are so nice. Um, but I needed one because this podcast will take the fuck off. Yeah, I'm we gonna take that. Is the, one of the few things I've ever been optimistic about in my life is that this podcast will take off. I just also want you to know that my husband is rooting for us 150% because he would like the clout from our podcast to start his streaming. <laughs> yeah, but your, only reason. your husband is also very supportive too, though. He very much is. Like, he's, he's great. Shout out to you, Caleb. Yeah, he's, he's a good one. He's, yeah. He's one of the good ones. Oh, yeah. But something that... Um, so if you follow either of us on social media, we did a live and we might do another one sometime soon on my, yeah, it was very fun, but we went live and something that Julie has talked about on, she did because for some reason that day, her baby only wanted me. She only attaches to one person per day. That's all she can handle mentally. Yeah. I respect. Yeah. But that day it was Lacey. So we started a live while she was taking a nap and then she woke up and like, I tried to comfort her, you know, as her mother figure. No, no part of it. Just wanted Lacey. Yeah, so I was in the little playpen with Lacey her. And, off cool aunt energy. Yeah, I was in the playpen with her, and then Julie was on my live, which was totally fine. Like, everyone loved Julie. And um, 
So she was talking about something that she has struggled with a lot because both of us have kind of have similar issues with our reproductive systems. Yeah, Basically, yeah, um, our both our bodies are kind of like mm, be a regular female that like regulates regularly. Yeah, no, we could never. Me, not unless I was on birth control. But so something that Julie struggled with has been TTC. And so I was going to let her kind of take the reins here and talk about that because a lot of people wanted us to talk about it on our podcast so that Julie could just kind of really get right. into it. I've, done, I've made TikToks about it, but obviously my TikTok following is a lot smaller than Lacey's. So when I was on her live, people were asking, you know, obviously... Um, and then it leads into the conversation. So I was telling Lacey's live about it. Um, and a couple people asked me if I would just go in depth on it and TikTok live didn't seem like the place for that. Well, it's something that needs to be documented too, because it is something that a lot of women struggle with and there's just not a lot of talk about it, unfortunately. Honestly, like even the acronym TTC did not know what that was until TikTok. But for those who don't know, TTC just stands for trying to conceive. Mm -hmm. So my husband and I would be TTC baby number one. So, I guess I'll just get into the meat and potatoes of it all. Um, I've never in my life, without the help of birth control, had a normal period. Yeah. Like, ever. It was either super heavy. This is going to get TMI, so. Trigger warning. Trigger warning. We're going to talk about blood. We're going to talk about the lady period. I'm about to start mine. Teehee. But, anyway, I've never had a normal period in my life unregulated by birth control. So, when I was, like, I used to miss school, and my sister struggles with this, too. Like, Mm -hmm. my sister was on a special medication to, like, help her cramps, because her cramps were so bad. Oh, yeah. Mine, I had one period that was similar to um, child labor, my doctor told me, because literally, I almost shot myself. Yeah, so if you're a man and you won't go out at 12 a.m. to get your cramping girlfriend wife partner uh chocolate you're a piece of shit yeah because literally one time i was at work and i like broke a sweat and i literally had to run to the bathroom because i almost shit myself because if i'm not on birth control my periods are so bad that like i would have to miss school like i didn't start regularly until i was um i only had three periods total while i was in high school because my body just didn't understand but yeah it is it's real out here for a lot of us ladies so put some respect on our name (laughs) but I, um, I, there was a couple times where, like, I missed three or four days of school, and it was a big deal for me to miss school because I was a teacher's kid, and, you know, if someone like Lacey would have missed school, people would be like, oh, yeah, she's not here today, and that would have been the end of it. They would have asked her when she got back why she wasn't here, and I missed school, and then I got people, well... Your mom said this because my mom can't keep her mouth shut. I love no. my mom, but she can't keep her mouth shut. I remember when I got my period, my first period. Everybody knew. <laughs> everybody knew, and I specifically asked her, Joe Heather, if you're listening. I specifically asked you not to say anything to anybody. And what did you do? You called my grandmother and my third grade teacher because I got to class that day, and she's like, "How are you feeling today?" And I'm like, "I'm gonna kill my mom." <laughs> and so. <laughs> Anyway, Joe Heather, so, if you're listening, I love you and thank you for supporting I us. I love my mom very much. She's very supportive. We stand, we stand, Joe Heather. We yes. love her. Um, anyway, so I've never had a normal period. I would miss weeks of school because cramping would be so bad. The bleeding would be 
like terrible. And we'll get back to that in a second because it's gotten a lot worse in my adult life. Anyway, so I got on birth control. I was 16 when I got on birth control. 16 or 17 when I got on birth control. And the only reason that I'm pretty sure my mom let me get on birth control, she said it was because of my periods, but I'd also gotten really serious with my now husband. And I think she was scared of a, you know, teen pregnancy type mm-hmm. of situation. So I get on birth control and I finally, for the first time in my effing life, have a semi-regulated period. Because before I got on birth control, I would, there was, I had a, like a six or seven month period at one point, like straight. I bled every single day. Seven month period. And then I didn't have a period for almost a year. Like at all. And I can only assume that that was my body being like, we bled all we can bleed. I can't give you anything else. Captain, there's no more to give. So I got on birth control and I had a regular, you know, 28 day cycle. I would bleed for a week. I ovulate. I, I am one of the women that experienced really severe ovulation pain. Same. And that shit sucks because you're dealing with like, like, you ovulate, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get through that because that can be like a two to three day process. Of oh, like, yeah. Just you feel like your uterus is exploding. Mine is a lot. I have back cramps really bad and then I have the back ovulation and it sucks. But then, you know, a week later, you got to deal with your period and you're like whole uterus, like your vagina is falling out. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so the birth control helped me out a lot. But I didn't know about birth control. Like I knew what birth control was. But I did not know how much it fucks up your body in other ways. So my husband and I got married. We were 18 when we got married. Okay. I was in college. He was like, we were both working full time and we were like, no kids for us yet. Okay. Like I mentally cannot handle that. Mm -hmm. We're not doing that. So I stayed on birth control. My sister-in-law, this is what made me want to get off birth control really bad because I watched what she went through with her birth control. She had blood clots. Her legs were full of blood clots and they traced it back to her birth control Mm -hmm. because birth control. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. That was something my doctor never told me when they put me on birth control was that it can cause blood clots and heart issues and this, that, and the other. And she had blood clots from her birth control. And I was like, fuck that. Never taking that again. I stopped taking my birth control. But at this point I was, you know, we were sustained enough. I had dropped out of college and started cosmetology school all that, whatever. We had decided we wanted to start having kids or start trying to have kids at this point in time because fertility issues do run in the family. Mm-hmm. Same. My, my mom and my grandma both have messy periods, but um, we decided that we wanted to start trying to have kids and they tell you to give it like a year to a year and a half after you stop taking birth control, especially when you took it for as long as I did because I took it from about 16 to about 21 22 something like that and i waited the year nothing happened mm-hmm. um and unfortunately i didn't i had been going to the same um midwife that my mom had been going to you know how you go to a place like that and then you go to the person that your parents went to because yep. that's the only person that you know mm-hmm. and she God bless her heart. She's just the nicest little lady, but she just acted like that was normal. Mm-hmm. Because when I got off my birth control, my period started to get fucky again. Didn't have a period for like six months, and she was like, "It'll it'll work itself out." And yeah, I, they're just like, just yeah, just deal with it. No, I don't want to deal with it. I'm trying to have a baby. I'm a person who had my life planned out. Okay, I had my life planned out by the age of five, 
And I threw that out the window getting married at 18, okay? I was not getting married until 25. And I'm 25 now. I've been married for seven, five years. Right? Seven. I've been married for six years. I've been with Caleb for eight years. You got married in 2015? Yeah. So six, yeah. Sorry. And then we got together in 2013. Got it. Sorry. Anyway. So once we got married, I was like, I want to have at least one or two kids by 25. Because for me, it was, I know with the way my family history runs, that my late, my late 30, my early 30s, late 30s are going to be when all my health issues come up. Psych, not really, because I almost died from iron deficiency at 22. But anyway, (laughs) so... I wanted to have at least one or two kids by 25 because that's what my parents did and that's what I thought I needed to do. And then we tried for three years and can't have kids. And no one wanted to help me. No, like, no, literally no one was like, yeah, let's get you hormone tested. Let's do this, this, and this. Let's, you know, test your husband's swimmers, make sure that's the problem. That was one thing with my old midwife that I did not appreciate was that she never said, you know, it could be your husband. Yeah. The fact that he wears tight underwear and drinks Mountain Dew, like it's his lifeline. Yeah. No, never once was it brought to my attention. Like, I knew he could be the problem, but I'm a person who internalizes everything. So, like, we weren't getting pregnant, and I automatically made that my problem. Like, that was my fault that we weren't getting pregnant. Yeah. And I dealt with that shit. My husband never made that a point to be like, oh, this is all you. Never. No, he's been very great about that. Very good about it. So, they switched me to an actual OBGYN and the same practice. She's like, my midwife was like, you know... I don't think I can help you. I've been trying to help you. I don't think I can, which she had not helped. There was no help. In any way, shape, or form. So she switched me to an OBGYN, and he put me on a medicine called Clomid, which is basically, as I understand it, because they never really explained to me how the medication worked, but it's helped to regulate your ovulation. Because mm-hmm. if you don't ovulate, you can't, you know what I mean? You can't get pregnant. You have to ovulate to get pregnant, yeah. The uterus has to drop your egg. So that it can get fertilized. So if you're not dropping your eggs, you're not going to get fertilized. You're not going to get pregnant. Um, the, hand in, the only thing that he told me about this, like the first time I met this man, it was a 15-minute consultation. Um, first and foremost, I trimmed everything because I thought for sure I was going to the OBGYN. They're going to look in there. No. That really pissed me off because I took the time to get up extra early so I could shave my punani that morning. <laughs> and my legs. That's the worst. And my legs. Okay? Wasted. I even shaved the tops of my toes because I was like, this is a new person. This is a man, OBGYN. Toes got to be pristine. Right. So <laughs> um, he's in there for all of it. I brought my mom with me because my husband, he does not get days off like I get days off. Like I make my own schedule. So if I don't want to go to work, bye, I'm not going. Um, and I took my mom with me and she was like, how long is this going to be? And I was like, I don't know. Like I'm assuming they'll do like the full workup, like. We're talking about making babies here. It's not going to be like a drive-through. Yeah, this is serious. And boy, was I fucking wrong. Oh yeah. Because not only does he not look at any part of me, he hands me a sheet and was like, "Yeah, we're going to try this." Which, as far as I can understand it from other people that are TTC, Clomid is like the first medication they try with you because it's the least invasive, risky. Yeah. Because there are other medications that will regulate your ovulation, but it's like. The first step Mm -hmm. in the medication. But they hand me a sheet. And on this sheet, it's like, you have to take the Clomid for seven days or something. I was like, seven days or something. 
and then you um, have to have sex every day for day 7 to 14. And let me tell you, when you have to schedule sex, it's not fun. Okay, it's not fun. It really <laughs> is. also the wildest homework I've ever heard of. It's not fun. Like, I literally sent a picture to my husband. He's like, we have to have sex every day. I was like, will you shut up? Because literally... <laughs> Literally, if it wasn't on this paper, if it wasn't the doctor's orders, we would have no problem having sex every day. But it's the fact that you have to but now. The, right, and it doesn't, it takes the fun out of sex when you have to schedule it. Yeah. But that's the worst part about TTC is everything is revolved around a schedule. Yeah. But I took the Clomid, and one of the side effects was, it's like it throws your hormones out of whack. And it made me a raging bitch. Like, I'm already pretty bitchy. I'll say it. I'm a bitch. But, like, it made me so bad to the point where people around me were like, oh, my God, are you going to take this medicine forever? Like, I fucking hope not. You're terrible. (laughs) But it worked. It made me ovulate. And so I was hopeful. But he told me if I didn't get pregnant, because he made it sound like I would get pregnant, like, right off the bat, because my ovulation was my issue. And I didn't know enough. Like, I know a lot more now that I would have been, like, taking ovulation tests and been like, no, actually, I'm ovulating. You're just not checking. And I didn't get pregnant. And so he put me on another round, didn't get pregnant, put me on another round, didn't get pregnant. And by that point, I had three months of these hormones built up in my body. And I was going to burn the whole city down. Like, I, was, <laughs> I was rampage motherfucking Jackson, okay? I was going to burn some shit down. And Which I, is terrifying when your best friend is six foot tall. It's terrifying for anybody. But especially when your best friend's six foot tall. Well, and like... I work with people all day, and I already get upset with people's minor inconveniences to me, and then just having to be on the Clomid, and just tell, like, I literally sent, we have a salon group chat, I sent in the group chat, like, hey guys, I'm gonna be taking Clomid, uh, let's just not talk to Julie for the next three months, okay? <laughs> so, I take the Clomid, doesn't work, and it, it didn't work, and all it was doing was making me a miserable person to be around, and it was making me feel miserable, because I was taking this medicine that this doctor told me would work, which, like... You don't make promises like that to people, especially people. I feel like people in TTC state are like fragile, the most fragile, honestly, like as far as wanting something and just it being like right there, but so out, like so far out. So the coma didn't work and I was like, fuck this. I'm not doing, I can't do it anymore. I really can't do it anymore. So we put the baby thing on the back burner and we were just like, you know what? Maybe we'll have one of those stories. We stop trying and then it happens. I never lost hope of that. And I think that's part of the reason why it didn't happen because I was continuously trying. And um, my husband and I had talked about how I wanted to be a foster parent because I had a friend in high school who was in foster care. If we're being honest, he didn't see the best parts of foster care, I don't think. No, unfortunately not. I think it helped him a little bit, but I think, I just think that he didn't get the kind of help and love that I would have liked him to get because he was my, I mean, he was my, one of my best friends. Like he was an amazing person and I just don't think he got what he needed out of the foster care system. And the foster care system is a broken place. Don't let anybody tell you that it's not. It's literally the most fucked up place on the face of the planet. I love the people that we work with for our case, but I know that if I continue to do this, I will come in contact with people that are not this good. Well, and a big thing is, you know, I have Julie and then my sister also is a foster parent and I know how fantastic they are, how much they do it because they genuinely just love kids and want to see them have good homes. And that's what I hope to do as well. But unfortunately, there are people like 
our friend in high school where it was a paycheck monthly that yeah. they saw. And that's all they saw for those kids, unfortunately. The foster family did collect a lot of money. But we had talked about it. And for whatever reason, in my head, I thought, well, you can't do this till you're like 30. Like, you have to be an actual adult to do this. Mm-hmm. I was 20, 22 when we started trying to have kids. Twenty. I was like 20, 21 when we started trying to have kids. We tried for like three years and didn't work. Um, and so finally I was like, well, let's just, we might as well do it now. Like, exactly. Might as well get it started. So right before the pandemic started, we started filling out all of our paperwork. Um, and then we got licensed and now we have the baby. T-Baby. We got T-Babe. She's great. Um, but scrolling through TikTok, I didn't realize how many people were struggling with the same thing that I was struggling with. Um, and the TTC community on TikTok is a very positive place and it's a very comforting place. There's, um, a girl on TikTok called Carter's mama. I love her. Okay. She had the, she, oh my God. She was, she and her husband were TTC baby number two. And I followed that journey. And when I tell you I did daily updates, (laughs) like I need to know she was being on sticks every day. Hell yeah. And like, I know how that feels to like want it so bad and to just constantly get the negative is fucking terrible. But I finally fucked around and got a new OB and I love her. Fantastic. The first thing she was like, you know, it might not be you. It might be your husband. And I was like, love that energy. energy." So my husband went and got tested. All of us swimmers are great. Of course. Fucking Um, men. She did some, you know, she did some tests on me. And because my first doctor just assumed that I had PCOS and there are things that you can do for PCOS and there are tests that you can run to see if you have PCOS. And it's not like this is the PCOS test. It's we're going to run these series of tests. And if you hit these markers or you match these milestones, then it's assumed that you have PCOS. It's not just a test. Like it's not the fitness grand pacer test. (laughs) So... They ran them on me and they're like, you could or you couldn't. Like, you're right on the line. I'm like, that's fantastic. I love that. I love that uncertainty. Um, And then I had a DNC because, fun fact, your uterine wall is only supposed to be about six, what'd she say, six millimeters? Yeah. And mine was like 16 to 18 millimeters thick. Dummy thick. Uh, Dummy thick uterine lining. But, so they cleared me all out and then I was on birth control again because before I started going to this OB... I was going through probably 250 tampons in one period. She's not even like she's not even being dramatic because I am at Julie's house a lot. And when I tell you that this girl literally would be using like super plus and then a like diaper pad. Yeah, I because- was making a diaper every night before bed out of pads because I was bleeding so bad. And like normally, like normally on your period and the night you don't bleed as bad because you're not moving. It's the activity that you're doing during the day that makes you bleed that much. And, like, I would have to get up in the middle of the night to change my diaper pad that I had made because I was bleeding so bad. So, now I'm off birth control again, and my periods are completely normal, and I've started ovulation tracking. And ovulation tracking, honestly, that is something that they should be teaching kids in health class, straight up, because men should know about it, too. Because my husband has been very good about learning about everything that's going on and mm-hmm. wanting to be involved in the process, and, like, okay, well, why are you peeing on this stick today? Okay, why are you peeing on this stick today? Um, and 
I didn't know anything about ovulation tracking. Mm-mm. I didn't even understand a 28 to 32 day cycle. I didn't even know what the fuck that was. No, they really dropped the ball on teaching us about our own fucking bodies. The only thing they did was like, okay, this is a pad, this is a tampon. Don't have sex or you will die. wearing deodorant because you're hormonal now. <laughs> you stank! <laughs> so, um, I downloaded some apps and now I do ovulation testing. So if you're a person who is TTC and you don't understand why, my... First go-to would be to track your ovulation and see if you're ovulating. Um, I use the Premom testing strips. So if you download the Premom app, this is not a sponsored. We'll let you know if and when we get sponsored. We'll let you know if and when. And I probably shouldn't have even said the name. But, like, it, it has been a really good tool for me. And it has helped me a lot to understand because there's a lot of information on the app. Um, but you pee on your stick twice a day. And... It tells you whether or not you're ovulating, and then it tells you when you need to have the sex and when you need to start pregnancy testing. And it's great because it's all laid out for you. But there are a lot of apps like that. Mm-hmm. Like, there are so many apps that will help you track stuff like that. And if you aren't tracking your periods, you should be. Yeah. Straight up. Because not only do you track the dates of your periods, but you need to track what it looks like coming out. Like, is it, you got egg white mucus? Is it running mucus? Is there blood and mucus? Like, and it will tell you, like, hey, okay, that's, like, a sign of this, or that's, like, a sign of that, and it's something to go off of. But the TTC journey, I was okay with stopping. <laughs> but then my husband was like, but wouldn't it be great? And I'm like, yeah, I would, you're right. So we're trying again. We're not actively, like, you know, I'm not taking medications or anything like that, but we're not preventing it either. Yeah. Well, and to kind of not play devil's advocate, but kind of give a side of somebody who's not trying to get pregnant. I have a similar story as far as my issues, because basically, so here is not TTC, but PCOS slash what the fuck is wrong with my body journey from somebody who is still not actively trying to get pregnant. But it is so frustrating being a female who cycles and just the people like as far as doctors and stuff just don't give a shit they just shove birth control down your throat so that fixes everything yeah so i was uh, 16 that was like two days before my 16th birthday and i still had not had a period and i finally had one when i was like two days before my 16th birthday and that was like i always looked like a late bloomer like i still have a baby face it was even more aggressive when i was in high school um And so, okay, seems right, right? Okay, well, then I didn't have another period until about, like, three months into my junior year. Um, And my mom's like, you're just starting. Like, that's probably normal. So that's what we went off of. Then I went almost, like, seven, eight months, and I didn't have a period until my junior prom, which, like, great time. Great timing, Mother Nature. And so I had that period. And then I went an entire year and didn't have another period until my senior prom. Again, fuck you, Mother Nature and Aunt Flo. (laughs) And so then my sister got involved and she's like, Mom, I really think you need to get Lacey like checked out. Like this isn't normal. Like you shouldn't go a year without a period. That's not healthy. So my mom makes me an appointment with an OBGYN. And so at 17, I don't know what to expect, but you know, I've seen all the horrors of the stirrups and everything. So I'm petrified because I'm like, okay, I'm going into this OBGYN. Well, yeah, well, I just, I didn't have a, I I only have negative experiences with OBs and I can get into that too because it makes you feel any better the first time I went to the OB, the midwife came in and she's like, I have a special friend today. Do you care if they come in and see what I'm doing? Uh, sure. Let Let everybody crowd in here. Let her tickets. Yeah. (laughs) And every time I, I literally every time, except for when I switched my OBs, I've had a friend, which is just a medical student. Yeah. Who's trying to learn. 
it nothing was more awkward than the poor little boy. He wasn't a boy. I mean, he was a medical student, so he's probably my age, honestly. Yeah. He came in and she was like, "Why don't you do her breast exam while I'm examining her cervix?" And he's like trying not to make eye contact with me, just like touching my boobs. And I'm like, "Dude, it's just a boob." Yeah. You never. Is this your first before? time? <laughs> Is this your first time touching a boob? Because you can tell. <laughs> but anyway, so then I go to the OBGYN and they don't even look mm-hmm. at me. Like I'm assuming that they're going to do like a full everything because like the fact that I'm not having a period should be a concern. And literally she's just like, so the fact that you haven't had a period in a year means you're at high risk for uterine cancer. So me and my mom immediately freak out because she just threw the C word at us. And that's terrifying when you're 17. Well, and I hate that that's the only option. Yeah. So she's like, we're going to put you on Provera, which is horse piss. And it's just straight estrogen to kickstart a period. And then you're going to be on birth control for like ever. And I was like, okay, well, like, am I going to be on it for like a year or what's the case? Like, what's the tea? And she's like, I mean, do you want to have children yet? And I'm like, no, I'm 17. She's like, okay, we'll just stay on birth control. That was literally it. It was a 10 minute freaking thing. I got two medications. I get put on Provera. And literally after I take my first pill, I have my first ever, like, that I can remember as an adult panic attack. Like, I remember I went up to my room because I was going to go lay down and watch some TV before I went to school the next day at, like, 8.30. And all of a sudden, I just started breathing heavy. I could not stop controlling my crying. And I literally had to run downstairs and have my mom hold me. And then I start on birth control. And... I was literally paused on everything like it was insane I was just like a robot like I had no sex drive I had no desire to have sex I did not get armpit hair um I did not like I just was like a robot and then um my mom is more of a holistic person she's a holistic health practitioner I kind of got into that and so in 2019 I decided to just like I was like I've been on birth control and I have no idea what it's doing to my body and they don't so tell you. They're no, just like, this birth control. This is a pill. That's they send you with problems. the fucking scroll, and no. they're like, "Read this." Yeah, I'm gonna fucking read that. No one reads that. No. If you do, you're lying. Yeah. If you say you do, you're lying. Yeah. And so I go off birth control, and honestly, I did have a few successful periods, but then when that's when I discovered that I had PMDD, which no one talks about because they just assume that you're just a hormonal woman through her periods. No, I was having straight suicidal thoughts. I was having self-deprecating thoughts. I was so depressed I didn't want to do anything. I would just randomly scream cry and I had no idea what it was. I thought it was just my anxiety, maybe some depression. And then I track it with my periods and I find out it's PMDD. So went to a new doctor. We test all my panels. And guess what? They're completely freaking normal. I am healthy as a horse. I just can't get rid of stomach weight and I can't ovule or I can't um, cycle like a normal woman. I have no idea about ovulation. Honestly, I might try what you, you do. Should start, and I, that's what I. I wish that they would normalize tracking your ovulation even when you're not trying to have kids. Exactly. That's what I told my little sister. I was like, girl. You need to start tracking that shit because how are you supposed to know if there's a problem once you do get off? Exactly. Control? Like that's was their camera turned off. Oh, okay. Hang on, real quick. I don't stop. I just wanted to have something because for some reason it started on my red or my, you know what I mean. Um, but anyway, so literally the doctor was like basically just going to have me be on birth control until I wanted to have kids, and I didn't want to do that because I'm somebody who I'm 25. I don't have a significant other, so it's still my. I might be in my early 30s if I decide to have my own children. Like, I definitely want to be a foster mom, like for sure. But I also might want to have one on my own. I don't know yet, but I don't want to get to the point of be 
being 30 and then get off birth control and then just be like, oh shit, there's problems. And then I have to take five years to try to figure that out. But that's all that the society did for us. Like, especially like I see a lot on TikTok, like I've become on that page where it's like so many of us were like 14 and 15 with horrible periods and they just shoved birth control down our throat. And now we have PCOS. I'm telling you, they think birth control is a magical medication. It's a cure-all. It's not. The no. The only thing it did for me was it regulated my period, which at 16, I appreciated. Yeah. Because I never knew when they were coming. And Mm-mm. they were terribly heavy. But all it did was create more issues. I think, honestly, all it did was create more issues for me. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's my problem because, like, literally, I'm all my levels come back normal. The only thing I am is vitamin D deficient. I'm healthy as a horse, but I literally only carry weight on top of my uterus. And I'm like, that's probably a sign of something wrong, but I don't know. And now, unfortunately, that I have PMDD, which if you don't know, it's pre, uh, dis- it's pre-menstrual dysmorphic disorder. Um, look it up in case you're somebody who does struggle heavily. It's a lot more common than what people think it is. And like, don't let anybody, don't let any doctor try to tell you, like, wait until you find a doctor. Like, do not get, um discouraged if you go to doctors that are like well that's just normal no it's not okay yeah it's normal to get a little sad and maybe cry on your period but if you're having legit suicidal thoughts and like very self-deprecating thoughts and you are like literally debilitated by your mental state please go to a doctor another reason to track your period because if you hadn't correlated the two I wouldn't have known. And like literally last year was such a hard time for me mentally. Like it was awful. Julie was one of my rocks through that. So she can attest. She would call me and be like, I'm on my way home from work. And I was like, okay, cool. And she'd be like, can I come cry on your couch? Sure. (laughs) And, um, so it was just such a struggle and I'm still at a point where like I'm on birth control now. I'm on birth control and Lexapro to help. And it seems like a nice cocktail for me personally as to help with the mental state. And it does help with my periods. Cause like I said, when I was off birth control for that little bit I had periods so bad that it was my doctor literally was like that's child labor pain like you should not be shitting yourself while having cramps that bad I'd be getting period shitties all well there's like period shits yes but like I had cramps so bad that it was causing my body to involuntarily shit like I was almost pooping my pants yeah yeah and so um I'm back on birth control, but like, I still have that thought in the back of my mind, like, okay, but like, like, what can I do? Like, it just feels hopeless of like, cause even my doctor, like who tries very hard to do the more holistic way is like, you're literally healthy. And I'm like, okay, well then what the fuck's the problem? Because like they love, doctors love to look at you. And if your BMI isn't perfect, well, it's probably because you're overweight. That's the first thing that they told me when I was like, I can't have kids. And they're like, well, you should try losing weight. Like girl, no. I know people way bigger than me that have no problem having kids. Yeah. I genuinely think we should look uh, deeper into the thing and uh, instead of just being like, oh, well, the scale says this and that says you can't get pregnant. Yeah, because that's literally like, that's the thing I think a lot of doctors think with me. And I'm like, yeah, but if you look at me, you'll notice that the only place I have excess weight is the apron area of my uterus, which is a, how am I supposed to lose my targeted trouble weight when my shit doesn't work right. Like that's a hundred percent it. Cause like I don't eat unhealthy. All my labels or labels, all my panels and all my like regular, like my blood pressure, my freaking heart rate, all that stuff is perfect. One time a doctor looked me in my eye at the size I am and was like, are you a runner? <laughs> I was like, bitch, does it look like I run? The only thing I'm running from? Is these problems. Right. I was like, no. She's like, well, your heart rate is just very, at a very, like, heart healthy, like, 
runner endurance level. And I'm like, nah, bitch. The only time I run is from my cows when they think I got feed. <laughs> but it's just, it's such a struggle. And that's why I know that we're like super dumb and goofy bitches. And we talk about stuff like the big dick boys. But like, we do want to talk about real life problems. Because unfortunately, things like TTC and things like, like periods are they just go. not. They're talked about, but people still don't know enough and not in depth enough because like it's like you say periods and people are like ah, i don't want to hear about you bleeding like bitch grow up for real this is something that every single cis born woman deals with and it should be talked about more there should be way more help there should be way more knowledge and we need to have a communicate because the sad part is if you are somebody who struggles with getting pregnant or pcos or anything that falls under that umbrella 90 percent of the time which is a made-up statistic that i just said but i feel like it's true you do your own research and you self-diagnose yourself because a lot of doctors unfortunately just don't want to put the time and energy into finding out what's wrong with you and going to the core you have to advocate for yourself oh my god you have to advocate for yourself because the only person that knows how you feel is you and a lot of the times people will be like well you might just be making this up and that's the thing is like i'm not trying to disregard or disrespect like medical field i understand that those people especially with the last two years they have put in so much time effort and energy and sacrifices and i'm not saying that they are not knowledgeable or that they don't deserve like anything but i'm just saying as somebody who's been in that room i have been shamed to the point where i came out of the uh, OBGYN one time bawling my eyes out because I was a virgin when I went to go get my first pap smear and the lady literally laughed at me that I was still a virgin I remember that. it was traumatizing I will be honest haven't been back to the OBGYN since and that's go to mine. She's really nice. and I like literally that's not healthy for me and I know that if there's something wrong that's on my end um but like I literally was so traumatized because I was already so embarrassed because I didn't realize how many people were still virgins in their early and late 20s but I felt like I was the only person that because was society and the internet tells you that you should be having mad sex by 16 yeah but then you're also a whore if you had mad sex at 16 only if you're a girl yeah but like you also, it's just, it's so annoying. And it literally it's like, a up for a lot of reasons. yeah. And like, I always felt so like, I felt like I had to like tell people, which another trigger warning here, just letting you know. Um, I always felt like I had to tell my story of why I was a virgin to be like, well, medically I didn't have the urge to have sex. And then at 19, I was sexually assaulted. So then I was terrified of intimacy. Right. Um, it wasn't until I met somebody and actually just finally did it out of desperation. I'll be honest. And now I'm glad because that person was amazing and I had a good experience with sex. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like way more confident, way better about it. So like it was a great experience, but like I was literally pre-pressured into it from society because I felt like the longer I went, the worse it was going to be, which at the end ended up being good because before then, the only experience I had with any kind of intimacy was when I was sexually assaulted. And so that was obviously a very negative experience. So now I'm way more open to being intimate and going on dates, but like it's just, it's just such a clusterfuck for being a woman. And like it, I know that people probably think that like it's dramatic, but it's really not. No, not when you're going through it and it's fucking with you the way it fucks with you. Oh my gosh. And like, that's just, I mean, the, all the times that I have felt like be just being thrown on birth control and then feeling not normal because my body doesn't work the right way. Having a fear, even at 21 of like, am I going to be able to have kids because of how my body is feeling like feeling, you know, 
just defeated because I had all the mental issues and then finally realizing it was PMDD, but then realizing, okay, does that mean I need to stay on birth control the rest of my life just to feel normal and not be suicidal? Mm -hmm. And then it's the, you know, constant peer pressure from society because I was a 22 year old virgin and like, oh my God, are people going to make fun of me? No one's going to want to date me. Like can't even get a fucking pap schmear begin. Then my doctor making fun of me because literally she told me to go have sex and come back and get a pap schmear. And then laughed outside my door. People are shitty, dude. Yeah. So, like, it's insane. And so if there's anything that this podcast can bring you other than a good laugh is just know you're not alone. And we're two friends that you can talk to. Lacey and I are also, like, natural-born educators. Yeah. For real, for real. Like, it's not even me trying to be funny. Like, I genuinely, if I can tell somebody about something, I will tell them about something. Well, we both wanted to be teachers. Right. I thought I did. (laughs) And then I was like, I'll slap somebody's kid. Like, Andrew does. But just like the natural urge to share your experience. Because I, uh, so for the longest time, I kept a lot of things to myself, like being a virgin and dealing with my stuff because I felt like no one else talked about it. And then like, especially with my mental illness struggle. But then I realized the amount of people who were like, thank you for sharing because that makes me feel better. And then I was like, holy shit, I will literally be the person to take a leap of faith to make other people know that they're not. And just feel comfortable because like, that's the biggest, like I tell anybody now, I will literally be like, yeah, I go to therapy regularly for maintenance because I love going going and even though it's an expense it's an expense that i do gladly exactly and like i will openly tell people that yeah i didn't lose my virginity until i was 24 but you know what who gives a fuck fuck? and so it's just like that was something i was so self-conscious about like i was like oh my god i can't tell anybody losing your virginity at 24 i guarantee was a way better experience than half the people that lose their virginity oh yeah it was fantastic you need to get you a guy who already knows what he's doing because when you're losing your virginity at 16 hypothetically theoretically the person you're losing your virginity with most likely is also a virgin or they are also in the same age range as you and have no fucking idea because i'm sorry the guys in high school that said that they laid pipe at seven did not lay pipe you didn't (laughs) and that was it you weren't laying any kind of plumbing in there okay (laughs) so it was probably honestly better that you did wait it was it was a way better and like i had a way better first time experience than i had let me fucking tell you it was a good experience, and like I said, it was great for me. Even though I did feel peer pressure to doing it just by society and my own mental, um, it was a fantastic experience, and it really helped change my mental as far as from the terrible experience I had had to be ha- having a good experience yeah. and just feeling like I was like able to like educate myself on all of that and knowing how everything works. Um, so yeah, I don't regret it now waiting and I definitely don't have like, and I'm not afraid to share it now, but like it was something that, you know, I was so self-conscious about. Well, and it sucks because society's telling you this is how it is, but it's, that's not how it is. Like, no. Just because society is telling you that that's how it's supposed to be. And it's not to get like weird feminism-y or whatever. Like you don't have to lose your virginity before you leave high school. Like, and don't let anybody tell you that you have to because you don't. Seriously. It's not even something that should be important to you. By that point in your life, you should be worried about how to get rid of your acne. Yeah. Seriously, straight up. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is I feel like there is so much pressure, whether it's from your partner or whether it's from your friends or anything. Like, there is so much pressure of, like, you need to lose your virginity. But then, like, don't have too much sex. Don't have too many sexual partners. No. Do whatever you want. Like, as long as it's consensual and you're doing it for you, literally just be safe and be happy. And that's the only advice I give you. Like, if you have a boyfriend that you love and you're 16 or whatever and you want to have sex, just be safe. And if you want to wait till you're in college, just be safe. Listen, I lost my virginity to my husband. Like, Mm -hmm. seriously, we were 16 and 17. That's when I cashed in my V-card, okay? 
And I was just so, and I don't know why, because I had been, I don't want to say propositioned. I'm not a prostitute by any means. <laughs> but, you know, guys would be like, okay, let's have sex. I'm like, mm, no, you get a handy and that's it. You best get a handy I... in the back of your mom's minivan and that's all you're getting. Best I can do is a handy. Best I can do is a handy. Because, like, I wasn't comfortable. And, like, I don't know if it's because, not that anybody I dated up until that point wasn't a straight up virgin, because you can tell. <laughs> Especially at 16, because they're like, okay, you want to do some stuff? Like, do you want to, you want to, like, do stuff? Do I could touch your boob stuff? or something. You want me to touch your boob? But, you find somebody, it should be somebody that you're comfortable with, regardless of whether or not they're a virgin also. In my case, my husband was also a virgin. Don't let him tell you any different. <laughs> I don't think he would. He took mine and I took his, okay? And it was traumatizing. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's a story maybe we can tell next week. Yeah, that's um, another story. But yeah, I'm glad we had this talk because like I said, I just think it's necessary things to talk about as people. and stuff that people don't want to talk about because it makes them uncomfortable. Yeah, and like it's just like my thing now as an older person is just like if I could help one person feel a little bit more comfortable just by talking about my experience, I will let you know all the grungy, dirty details. Right. I don't mind telling you how much I bleed. I don't mind telling you I lost my and virginity at 24 the issues that you're having could be similar to the issues I have and this is how I treated it and it gives you a way to start yeah at least just like a an opening point of like okay and like also just that camaraderie of being like wow I'm not alone in this like right. that makes me feel better well like if people if I hadn't gone on TTC TikTok I would have never known to start tracking my ovulation I was 24 when I started tracking my ovulation I'm 25 and, and still haven't fertility issues active fertility issues for four years at that point and no one ever stopped to be like maybe you should look at your ovulation schedule and your period schedule like it's insane track your period other than just okay it starts on this day yeah and i wouldn't know nope so shout out to tiktok shout out to the ttc community on tiktok shout out the ttc tts <laughs> y'all the real ones Real quick, I do want to add that we will be having a little cattle corner segment as well just for any followers that come from my TikTok. I understand that a big basis of my following is the fact that I have adorable fluffy pet cows. So I just wanted to give you guys an update that the vet will be coming December 13th to palipate and vaccinate my ladies. I will be doing a lot more in-depth video on that on my YouTube channel and then I'll also probably post a video on my TikTok. All my ladies are doing fantastic. They're super cute and fluffy. They're up in the front field because they need to have full access to the hay mineral and all that jazz because it is winter now the grass is not as luscious and so they need to be fed and they will start getting fed feed every day but other than that everybody's happy healthy and vibing so I know I kind of threw that at the end we might throw it in different places like maybe in the beginning maybe in the middle but today we just had a lot of important subjects to talk about I mean I know the beginning was a silly goofy mood but um you can't be serious all the time no we can't have a full hour of serious also, can we respect the shirt that my mom made me I mean, only visual will be able to see it. The but The bigger the fupa, the tastier the chalupa, and I stand by that. Yeah. And I also love that we had to teach Teresa what a fupa was as soon as I walked in the Yeah, because my mom was like, fupa, what's that? She's like, I thought that was your apron. I'm like, yeah, that's your fupa, Teresa. Yeah, duh. But anyway, we're going to get off here, and we're going to go do some, I'm forcing Julie to go run errands with me. <laughs> She's forcing me into making another YouTube video, but this time. We're not eating nasty-ass jelly beans. Sorry. I'll never do that again. Straight up. It was fun. Worst experience of my life. It was fun. No. It was a silly, goofy mood. All right. We're going to go off here. I hope you guys have a fantastic week, and we will talk to you next week. All righty? Deuces. Peace out.